Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be the most productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to my monthly live training. My next live training will be happening on Friday, September 18th at noon Eastern. I'm going to be talking about planning your day, the why and the how. You can register by clicking the link in the show notes or the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. On the show today, Paul Quatrocasas. He is the founder and CEO of an investment banking firm called Aqua Partners, and he's also the author of Go Tech or Go Extinct. Now, we're going to talk a lot about where do we go from here? We're going to talk about how we're currently working from home. Will we return to the pre-COVID normal? We're also going to talk about advanced technology. And believe it or not, we're even going to dabble into manual typewriters and whiteout. An incredible conversation. Here's my conversation with Paul. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Good to be here. You know, I was telling you right before we started that you are talking to me from England right now, but you don't have an English accent. So it kind of caught me off guard. And then you told me that you were there for 30 years and you never picked up the accent. So yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. No, ne- next year will be the 30th year anniversary. It is, uh, it's hard to believe because I came over here really just for a, uh, a six month stint. Uh, but you know, these things happen, right? I mean, they, you know, you know, life just has a way, but no, we don't, uh, you know, as I was saying the, the, the American accent is a relatively lazy English accent. So, uh, even though I've been here 30 years, I will always have uh, the American accent. But what I have found is that Brits and Kiwis and South Africans, you know, who, who go to the U S tend to lose their accent and form an American accent, uh, for, you know, within a number of years. So, it's very interesting. Now, how about your kids? Do they uh, have the kids? Uh, yeah, we've got three kids, uh, 11, nine and six, and they speak with an English accent. So <laughs> my, my sisters and parents are, uh, you know, they're, they're always laughing when they see our kids speaking with an English accent. But yeah, <laughs> well, I'm, work. well, I'm super thrilled you're on the show. Before we get started, mm-hmm. why don't you take about 20 or 30 seconds or so and tell us who you are and what you do. Yes. So, uh, I'm Paul Quatracasas. I am a, uh, I'm a husband, a father of three. I, and I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years. The firm I run focuses on finance, mergers and acquisitions and focuses on the technology world. So we call it TMT, technology, media, telecoms, digital internet. Uh, and we work with companies all around the world, helping them to achieve a strategic exit for their company or to raise capital, uh, as well as helping very large non-tech companies find the right tech company to acquire and invest in. Hmm. So are a lot of people on your team, are they working remotely because of COVID-19? Are they going to an office or is there a hybrid? We are all still working remotely. And uh, it seems to be by choice. It's a very delicate question, I think, for many, if not every company that it, that isn't already working remotely. So I suggested a little over a month ago to our team that perhaps they want to go back because there are a lot of good reasons to, to work together. Look, our business is about people and about ideas. And in my experience, 
for what it's worth going back the you know 30 years that I've been doing this the best ideas come from personal face to face flesh to flesh interaction you're standing together sometimes you know in the canteen or the cafeteria or getting a coffee in the hallway and you're just having a chat and you start talking and it's those discussions that very often lead to the ideas that change the world or at least your company and the ideas that that excite you as an employee and it happens very often without our thinking about it you know it can happen subconsciously so there is a reason because we're human for us to work together now even if we're social distancing it doesn't mean we can't talk so I'm a believer that it's a healthy thing to do. And at the same time, you know, I'm very aware that people are extremely concerned for all sorts of reasons. And also, if you have, if you have a family, uh, that's even more of a concern. I think in our company, we have a lot of young people don't yet have kids and so on. So it's a little bit more straightforward. And therefore, because our office is based in London, the main question has been, uh, how do we stay safe on a train? And on a, on a tube, a subway. I mean, that really is the main concern is picking it up on the public transport. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great question and a very important one. Um, as much as we all now realize we can work remotely, many of us want to work remotely and we'll probably go back to a hybrid world. Um, there's a lot of reasons that we tend to forget why working together as humans and teams in person is a really good and powerful thing. Now, I read the book by John Barry, the great uh, influenza from ni- about the 1918 flu, and it was interesting to see how quickly after it was gone that we went back to business as usual. Now, of course, it didn't have mm-hmm. the internet back then. They got rid of the social distancing, the, you know, the crowds came back, the mask went away. I don't know how long it took, but in your opinion, how, how long do you think it, let's say there's a vaccine, a miracle cure comes out tomorrow, today, August 14th. It comes out and mm-hmm. they got it. And everybody's cured. How long mm-hmm. psychologically do you think before people are like, okay, we're cured, but you know, I kind of like working remotely and it's nice and convenient to drive, go on the tube, whatever. How long do you think it's going to be once that cure happens that we can go back to, or will we ever go back to normal before COVID? Well, two quick points there. One is it's just an opinion, uh, and everybody has one, uh, and mine isn't necessarily better or better better informed or right. more accurate than anybody else's. And secondly, um, I think when you say you've, you, you the vaccine is here, I think people have to feel like it, you know they it's it's been injected and and you know it's been a week and it's they're all good to go. Now, having assumed that, I'd say, look, eighty twenty rule, eighty percent of the people, let's go back to how everything was because we are human. We're social beings. We have social media. We like to use it, but we're social beings. You know, there's all kinds of reasons why uh, we like to go back to, to, to everything we had before. And I, and I, and I expect that we'll have even more people wanting to go out to restaurants, to events, to theaters, to get on planes, even believe it or not. Yeah. Now I think business is different from, from leisure or from residential and, and holiday travel. I think holiday travel will be stronger than ever. You know, I, I, you know, given your assumption, stronger than ever, business travel will definitely be different. Um, definitely be different because so many decision makers and executives in all different shapes and sizes of organizations have realized that you can you can conduct meetings and sessions without flying halfway around the world or without, in my case, getting on a plane from London to Zurich or Oslo for one meeting. Um, people will do it, but only now after that 
meeting reason has been fully qualified as being, this is something we just have to do in person. Now in my business, that's often the case anyway, because you've, you know, if you're negotiating terms on a deal or something, you've, you've got to, you got to get personal. It really matters, but that's not always the case. So yeah, I, I think that's why a lot of the uh, senior executive decision makers in the airlines, for example, have said, we're not expecting business travel to come back, you know, till 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's understandable. And by the way, let's not forget that we're going to have 5G communication infrastructure being rolled out over 2021, 2022. So by the end of 2022, we'll have, you know, more of a mass volume, critical mass volume of 5G traffic, which will allow for Zoom calls and Skype and so on to be totally different. They're going to be much more interactive. We'll have augmented reality interfaces. We'll have virtual reality interfaces. We're already getting VR conferences and events. I'm hearing very good things about them, by the way. And I've, I've participated in a few, not VR ones, but other interactive ones. They're going to be amazing. The ones we're, we're seeing now just emerge the events. Give it a few years using VR. Wow. You know, we, we're going to prefer to do conferences that way. And then holograms, which of course exist today, holograms will become very real. I can't give you a precise date, but once we have 5G, it's going to be much more doable. So probably within three to four years, we don't, it's not just going to be going to a, a music concert where the band is playing there in holograms. We're going to have it everywhere, you know, in our living room, watch, watching a boxing match and being right in the center of the ring or, you know, doing a business meeting around a conference table. We've seen these things in movies, you know, it's all very doable. So I, you know, I think that one of the main reasons for working more from home will be partly based on, on that advanced technology, which, you know, 90% of the population just isn't fully aware of yet, but it's coming, you know, and if you just have to, to, to listen to Tim Cook at Apple, that well, they are determined to make augmented reality a big part of the Apple, Apple ecosystem. It's a pretty good chance it's going to happen. Um, so, yeah. And that's, I was, that's what I see. What's interesting when you talk about 5G, I remember when I first heard 5G and I'm like, who in the world needs to have a network that fast? And then someone said, would you like to go back to 3G? And I'm like, oh, point taken. So, you know, we think, oh, that's too fast, but we wouldn't, you know, I'm on LTE now. I would never want to go back to 3G. And I'm sure getting on 5G is going to be sweeter than LTE. So I just think it's funny that we're like, I'll be moving too fast. Look at where we came from. Just put that into perspective. You know, and also 5G is uh, is not really like going from 3G to 4G. It's 10x from 4G. And it's oh, not really? just speed. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's not just speed. Um, it's it's reliability, lack of latency. So the only reason we can really be sure that self-driving cars and vehicles, trucks, et cetera, will be, will be a reality soon is that they will depend on a critical mass of 5G infrastructure, uh, which will be as reliable um, as you can probably imagine it to be, as it needs to be when you're talking about lives at stake. And uh, as the evidence emerges over the next few years from all the testing that's being done, and when the, the, the world, and in particular families who care about their loved ones, start to realize that the death rate and the accident rate comes down dramatically mm. because of the safety that's inherent in self-driving vehicles, it won't be long before you know, human behavior shifts towards that. Uh, it's similar to something like lab meat. And, and I'll have to stop, you'll have to stop me from going off on a tangent, but, you know, today no one really wants to eat meat that's come out of a lab, you know, the, a burger, a lab burger. Yes, we'll have Beyond Meat and Possible Burger 
um, plant-based protein, but you know, not lab meat. Well, that's going to change for sure. And it'll be mm-hmm. called something else. It's going to taste as good or better than most of the hamburger meat we eat. It's going to be clean. It, we don't have to kill animals to, to eat that meat. We don't have to pollute the environment with methane gas that, it, you know, it comes from cows. We don't have to have all the, the farmland and the water wasted and energy wasted. We're going to, we're going to shift because it's just yeah. so much the better solution. Um, it just takes time. You know, but at that time is the time these things take is shrinking all the time because it's all exponential. If you go back to 1903, I think it was, you see a lot of photographs now about Manhattan in 1903. There were, you know, 99 horses, horses and carts in one automobile. And then 10 years later, 1913, there were 99 automobiles (laughs) and one horse and cart. And that was a pretty phenomenal, radical transformation of transportation. We're going to have the same radical transformation of food and agriculture, and it's going to take less than 10 years. You know, it's already started if you look at the share prices of Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods and many other companies. So like all industries like this, uh, fundamental infrastructure, fundamental industries, transportation, healthcare, they are changing so radically fast. What we're experiencing here with communication is a part of that. Um, you know, it's hard to believe that we've only had the iPhone since 2007. Yeah, it's not that long ago. And look where we are today. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website, mrproductivity.com for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at mrproductivity.com. You know, it's amazing is I, uh, there's a lot of kids I talk to and I used to help out at my uh, church's youth group and they were, they would look at me like, how did you survive without the internet, without Snapchat and Instagram? We didn't have it there. Yeah. There, I was, yeah. I used to come home and go out and play soccer or basketball or football, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. Well, American football, I should clarify because you're over in England. And, you know, we got by just fine. We had three TV stations and PBS. And if the president mm-hmm. was on, you didn't watch TV, really. Yeah. And but people yeah. think this technology is new. And to your point, I mean, it's it's old. And to your point, it's not. It's still wet behind the ears. It's still brand new, and yet it is changing. Not by the year. It's changing almost by the day, if not the hour. Mm. Feels like that, doesn't it? Remember yes. the typewriter? Did you? Yes. Ever yes. White out using the yep. white out. <laughs> you know, Can you believe that that you had to put the paper in and like turn it with your fingers and then white yep. out. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, talk I remember about before electric typewriters when you actually had manual and you had to punch mm. the keys really hard. And if you punched yeah. them too hard, it was too dark. And so, right. I mean, so if you're listening to the show and you're like a millennial, you know, we love you, but go, mm-hmm. go look and play around with a manual typewriter. You'll be so thankful you have your iPhone. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you got it. It's amazing. Now, something else you mentioned, I also heard that a lot of people are not going to be having events back until like 2021 because they don't know what's going to mm-hmm. happen. And maybe some of them be remotely or whatever the case may be. About six months before COVID hit, I decided I didn't want to live out of a suitcase, out of an Uber, out of a hotel, out, and flying everywhere. So I started doing everything online. Now, for me... I'm technically called an ambivert. So if I'm on stage, if I'm doing live training, I'm an extrovert. Any other time, I like to be by myself. So what I love about doing my online training is I can do the training from my comfort of my home office, and then I walk out and I'm with my wife. I don't have to go back to the airport. I don't have to worry about anything like that. And I, it's also cheaper because you don't have to pay for an Uber or deal with contracts or all this other stuff. Oh, you have to do contracts if you're speaking someplace. So I do think that it's going to forever change the way we do things. I don't think 
some people are going extreme and say it's going to get rid of all these in person. I don't think we're going to be, I'm going to use a reference. Not everybody will get Jabba the Hutt. Remember Jabba, Jabba the Hutt from Star Wars, the big mm. fat guy. We're not going to be that huge. I hope we're not wearing, uh, you know, vert, uh, vert augmented reality glasses and going on trips because that'll be really sad because then our life, our life expectancy will go down. But I do think that the worst thing you can do, and I'm, I have some relatives, they're old and they, they're rejecting, they're, they're not accepting this new technology. And I'm like, it is what it is. Okay. You, you, you can't stop it. So you can either embrace it or you can complain about it, but you're not going to be able to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And you, you use it as a, as a tool as best you can, and you don't need to use everything. Uh, one of my favorite books was Robert Persig's Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I read that when I was 18 and it was enlightening. Uh, in so many ways, but one of the one of the the uh, topics or, or you know, themes in the in the book was we complain all the time about technology. And back then, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. The technology was a radio or a toilet or or a motorcycle, and when it didn't work, we got angry and we shouted at it, and it ruined our day, and we got all upset. And he was essentially <laughs> saying in the book, "Look, just be grateful." That we have this incredibly complex technology of a motorcycle, of a toilet, of a water faucet, the things we take for granted. And he he articulated that concept in that book through a story of, you know, he traveled across the U.S. with his son on the motorcycle. And it was magnificent. It's a masterpiece in my mind. And it just explained so well what technology is all about. And as humans, either we appreciate it, we're grateful for it, and we we accept it. Um, or, you know, if we're going to reject it or not want to use it, then let's not complain about it. Just let it, let it be. Uh, and that's going to be, it's becoming much more of, more of our lives. Of course, as we all know, completely to some extent, we're completely dependent on it. Um, so yes, some big changes coming. And I, and I think your, your point about preferences, it's given us freedom, Mm -hmm. the freedom to look, we're all different. Every single human, we all have different DNA. Every single one's different. Every company, by the way, is different. Mm-hmm. Every company has its own makeup and chemistry of people, and people are different. And it's hard to apply uh, standard measures and benchmarks, and we sh- you should do X or you should do Y. Yes, we, we have to learn as much as we can from those who are role models or you know, who, have, who, have, who we admire in certain ways. But at the end of the day, we've got to follow our own path and instinct because of because we're different and that's the beauty of life in a way that there is such diversity and by the way in companies we certainly like diversity because it brings different perspectives mm. not necessarily because of fairness if you know most people believe there should be meritocracy and fairness and performance whatever kind of organization it is but also let's bring the diversity for the sake of different perspectives because that helps us make the right decisions uh, which we all, you know, we want to make decisions that are right. We don't want to make the wrong decisions. So I think, you know, technology helps all of that. Look, one of the things you talked about remote working and whether things will go back to normal for, for us, because again, we're different from all other companies. What we're thinking about is possibly uh, an arrangement where some people go in two to three days a week. Some people go in every day. I might only go in once every two weeks or once a month because I spend most of my time traveling or in meetings with mm-hmm. clients and prospects and all kinds of companies and so on. And maybe the days that I go in, we choose very carefully as full days with the whole team. We talk strategy, we talk plans, we have a long lunch, we take a dinner, we go out after that or maybe make a weekend, but something that 
that involves human bonding and connecting so that if we are going to be remote for a lot of the time, then it's easier to be remote if you already feel like you know each other well. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I say this partly because someone uh, shared a story with me a year ago about a company that's based in San Francisco. I think they have 100 employees, but the CEO is based in Boston. And he only goes to see them once a quarter, you know, which is fairly rare. So he's only seeing his own staff once a quarter, but he sees them for three full days. And it's off-site. It's all off-site. So they're out of the office. They're at some resort or some complex, and they mix uh, the the bit of work they have to do with with play, and you know my friend said they they have one of the strongest cultures of any company I know, and I think that's really interesting. It's a really interesting concept. I think we'll see a lot more of that. A lot of different hybrid ways of people working together. You know, we're going to move from this you know hot desk concept. A lot of large companies said, well, let's save some costs. Not everybody needs their own desk. There's a lot of traveling, so all offices should have some hot desk space where. We're just just sharing desks and sharing a computer. I think that was phase one. I think phase two will be much more about human beings as uh, the ultimate source of of power, the ultimate source of productivity and creativity and innovation. It's not so much about costs and shaving five percent here, ten percent there. You know, there are jokes about Mark Hurd at HB, you know, trying to save money by turning off the lights after six p.m. Um, you know, there's there's a there's an effect on culture of that kind of thing, and I think phase two will be now that especially now more than ever that we've gone through the pandemic, it's going to be human. You know, who who are we as people, and how can we work together? And I think it also means a lot more psychology and hiring and recruiting and more assessment, not so much aptitude, but you know, our our, our cognitive mind, you know, which 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 Colby uses, and and the the effective, the personality, and then how do people mix? It's not just Let's hire this individual because of their score and their references and who they are. But in my experience, you never really know, no matter how you've tested someone or, or referenced them, until they're in situ, until they're in your company and how they mix. It's like chemistry, how they mix with other people in your company and what you're looking for. I think what, and I'm sure some of the tech companies have a lot of this figured out uh, for all sorts of reasons, but it's, it's, you're looking for that magical mix that delivers the unexpected, the one plus one equals three. You get certain people when they work together. It's like sports teams, I suppose. Mm-hmm. They, it just all just, you know, it just all comes out in the best possible way. Now, it's, <clears throat> it's easy to talk about. It's the hardest thing to do. But right. I do see the world moving much more in that direction. Question I have for you, just out of curiosity, as we get toward the end of our time together, mm-hmm. which do you think would have the most difficulty adapting taking someone from 1820 and plopping them into August 14th, 2020, or taking someone from August, 2020 and plopping, plopping them into 1820. And you can pick whatever age group you want. What's, what's person do you think would have the most challenge adapting? That's, that's a, that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, but my gut reaction is the, is the, uh, it's the first one. It's, 1820 um, to 2020? Yeah, I think, because I think the, 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 the 2020 person going to 1820 will just naturally have an approach of figuring, figuring it out, okay. solving it, right? I'm just, yeah, okay. Um, that doesn't go together. Well, here's a way of doing it because they, they can take advantage of, 
you know, everything that does exist in 2020 to fix whatever can be fixed in 1820. But, but look, it could go both ways too, because um, you could argue that humans, I mean, many people do, humans are incredibly adaptable mm-hmm. and we're always trying to get more comfortable. Yes. You know, let's get as comfortable as we can. And I listened to a great podcast uh, last year. Can't remember the name now. Um, he's shift his, it was called the CEO of something podcast. And he talked about a program called 75 hard. He said, you know, everybody's trying to get so comfortable with, you know, the ultimate goal is to get as comfortable as possible. And he said, that's actually not what, not what humans should be humans. You know, we do our best when we're not comfortable, when we're uncomfortable and we're striving and we're pushing and we're sweating and we're toiling, and we're building and creating. And he said, I've done this, created this program you know, 75 straight days, you got to do two workouts a day, 45 minutes each. One of them has to be outdoors. You can only drink water, no processed foods, no sugar. You got to take a photo of yourself every day. You got to read 10 pages every day of an inspirational self-help book. And if you miss a day, you go back to day zero. In fact, if you only do 43 minutes instead of 45, you go back to day zero. And he said, that's, that's being uncomfortable. But if you can do that as a human, and we all can, it's just those who, who choose to do it, then you know you'll learn something about yourself and what it means to be human, and I and I believe in that. I you know I we have this battle, many of us between we're always trying to get more comfortable in in whatever way that means for us, whether it's let's work from home and I don't want to go back to the trains and the tube and the subway, go back to the office and deal, you know wait three hours of my day commuting. Ver- let's get more comfortable versus actually, you know, the more comfortable we get the perhaps the less productive, less valuable, the less, you know, it's just an interesting question. So I don't know how I just just want to throw you a curveball. And, uh, you know, I didn't expect you to have a a, a great answer because it's a, Mm -hmm. when I ask that question to people, they're like, I have no idea. I usually ask people if you took someone from a tribe in Africa, who's never seen any technology and plopped them in New York city, or you take someone from New York City and plop them in the tribe, and most people go, oh, I have no idea. Why'd you ask me a question? So, because it's it's so far out of our norm. Well, we talked a lot about a lot today. Before we wrap up, is there any last-minute uh, things you want to share with us? No, not no. Thanks, Mark. I think it's it's been interesting. These are I, and I love questions that you've never heard before because anything that makes you think mm-hmm. is a good thing. You know, anything <laughs> that forces you to. To, to have a new perspective is a good thing because other people with one way or another, whether you're talking to your, to your wife, a colleague or your dog, you know, it's, there's, there's some, there's some value in having a, a new perspective. Okay. So final question is where can we find out more about you online? Well, um, our company is called Aqua partners, which is a Q U a, a partners.com or, or you can, you can find me at just my name, Paul Quattracasas. I've written a book called go tech or go extinct. You can find that on Amazon or, Anywhere books are sold, so pretty easy to to find me, I'd say. On okay. The internet. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your insights on the show today. I learned a lot, and it was fun bringing up the word manual typewriter and whiteout. I don't think I've ever said that in the history of the show, so that was kind of fun reminiscing on that. So, Paul, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for the great questions. Really appreciate it. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my next live training. 
Friday, September 18th at noon Eastern. Going to be talking about planning your day, the why and the how. Register by clicking the link in my show notes or and the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.